0: track and field fans day four is at the book is it four of ten or four of nine john we're getting close to halfway i'm unfortunately getting ready to head back to the states but it was another fun day at the national athletics center here in budapest and we're going to break it down for you i'm john robert johnson this is jonathan galt and we had two distance finals tonight. We had the much-anticipated battle between the world record holder, Lometa Gurma, and the guy that always wins the staple chase, Sofian El of Morocco. And in the end, it kind of ended up being a blowout now that it's over, but Gurma had the league with 200 meters to go. We'll talk about that. And also, where does El start to rank up on the all-time list? Plus, we know where Faith list ranks on the all-time list. She's number one. She wins her fifth global title in the 1500 with a 56-6 final 400. We think that's the fastest 400 ever run in a woman's 1500. If you know, put it in the comments. Plus, for the second night in a row, Jonathan and I are going to act like discus experts because it was amazing yet again. This time, an American gets the gold which wouldn't have been a shock if we told you that coming in, but if we had told you that La Tasalga, I apologize for the mispronunciation there. I know I got that wrong. Was your winner. You wouldn't have believed us. She PR'd just to get into the final three throws, and then she PR'd by 13 feet on her fifth round to win the gold. Truly incredible. Thanks for joining us. On a Tuesday night in the United States, it's already Wednesday morning here in the States. And, oh, my God, tomorrow night's show is going to be amazing. We're going to have the 1500 final and the men's 400 for hurdles finals back-to-back. Will it be Nirvana for the Netherlands or will it be like the other night?
1: Nirvana for the Netherlands? Nirvana for Norway? Norway, excuse your- me, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's all right. Robert's Robert's had maybe he's had a beer before the, the show it's all right I think he's earned it we're also less than nine hours away from a thing oh maybe running the 800 meter semifinal the prelims oh which is Wednesday morning in Budapest so we're going to be getting up covering that while you guys are all sleeping hopefully so you want to talk about that Robert I, I think we should start with the track action but it jogged your mind apparently
0: no, I'm just saying. I forgot there's a morning session, folks. So at 45 minutes, can someone please just turn off the power here so that this show stops? Because Walden's on a plane. He will not be joining us. That means I also have to edit the podcast tonight and then get up in like five hours, and then tomorrow night stay up late and then leave the next morning to no sleep. Anyways, I do it all for you, Supporters Club members. And if this is your last chance to join the Supporters Club, possibly for free, sign up today. Let's so Subscribe. If you the wins the gold medal or Cole Hawker wins a medal, whatever you sign up for, whether it's a month or a year, will be the first year will be free. This is why I will be rooting for Inga Britson, but we'll talk about that later. Let's go in the order that it happened. I guess, John distance wise.
1: Yeah. Women's 1500 final. I mean, I was sitting next to David Monty of race results weekly. He's like, so you excited for this one? I'm like, well, I already know what's going to happen. Faith Kip going to destroy everyone. So John- if you took Kip Yagon out of the race. I've been like, all right, this is a pretty interesting race for gold. She's just so much better than everyone else. It is kind of boring. But then I was looking, I was watching a race and I'm like, actually, this is kind of awesome. She's just so good. Fifty I just, I've never seen that sort of split in a women's 1500 race for the last lap. I did go back and look. I compared this to her previous winning times, Robert, uh, her previous 400 splits for the last lap. So, Rio in 2016, when she wins her first title, the winning time in that race was 4.08.92. So pretty slow. Her last lap was 56, sorry, 58.6 in that race. She closed in 56.6 in this race, and the winning time was 14 seconds faster. So the caveat there is she did drop a 55.9 from 900 to 1300 in that race. And the last, the last, 800 was 157.2, so that was just that race. The first 700 was really, really slow. The last 800 was really, really. So far. we have
0: we have seen a 55 at a women's 1500, and it was Kip Faith, Kip Yegon seven seven years, years ago, ago before,
1: before giving birth. Um, 2020, sorry, 2017 in London, she wins it 58. Oh, lost lap. That was her previous fastest lost lap in a championship, and then the last two finals were faster winning time so her last lap wasn't quite as quick 5353 winning time Tokyo 2021 5918 lost lap and then 2022 Eugene 352 winning time 61-2 lost lap so this was clearly her fastest close and to me Robert I think you could line up any woman in history including any previous version of Faith kip Yegon before 2023 and they would not have won this race is that a crazy take because Wait, what say that again? I'm saying basically, I'm saying Faith Kipiagon that we saw tonight. No one is beating that woman in a 1500 race. No previous version of Faith Kipiagon, no Hassan, no Ganzebe Dababa. This is the greatest runner we've ever seen in the women's 1500, and this is the greatest she's ever been.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think that's debatable given the world record. So,
1: well, I guess, yeah, the world records. The one thing is though. Second and third place, I mean, Deriba Welteje and Safan Hassan, they both closed in like fifty-seven three, fifty-seven four, according to the official split. So it's not like Kip Yegon won this thing in a total blowout. She did, you know, it, she was clearly the champion, but her margin of victory was less than a second, which was smaller than it was in Tokyo, smaller than it was in Eugene last year. And, the win was never in doubt over the last two hundred, but well. The fact that these other women were also dropping super fast closes, I'm like, Oh, maybe, you know, I thought that was also noteworthy.
0: Well, a lot of things to talk about there. First of all, I'm glad that John admitted being a sourpuss. I'm not that excited. I know what's going to happen. Look, all of these races, there's a reason why they run the race. And apparently I haven't listened to the feed. I apologize. A lot of times I come back to the apartment and listen to the NBC feed to see what you saw on TV home in America but apparently Lee Diffie was acting like it was really close. Even me, I was, I was, I saw Hassan coming. I kind of forgot about Hassan at the bell. I'm like, wait, where's the in the last 200. And then I see her coming with like 150 to go. I'm like, could she get a on? I'm like, no, nah, I don't think so. So, I mean, all it, it kind of reminds me of like Kipchoge in the marathon. There's still people within striking distance, even in his prime at like 24, sometimes someone we've never heard of like that guy in Berlin one year. Um,
1: Help yeah, me. hold on. I'm already forgetting his name. It was the right. debut two hundred three forty six. It was rainy. Yep.
0: Anyways, oh, man. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. So yep. I'm like, I was actually, when this was over, I'm like, did Hassan finish faster than Kip Yegon over the last lap? I was reading briefly on the message board again. I haven't had a lot of time. Someone was like, Hassan gave her no chance, herself, no chance to win this race by going out in the back. I kind of agree with this. It was the same mistake she made in the 10,000. Like, she's so good, but. You want to be close to Kipiegon when it's time to, to compete. And what I would like to see, you're talking about unbeatable and stuff like that. I would like to still see, I know Hassan won the, the London Marathon within the, four months ago, which is wild. But I would like to see Hassan totally fresh, totally trained just for the 1500 and go up against
1: Kipchoge. Uh, at this point, in her career, I don't think it's happened. Because in
0: 2019, she did beat Kipin. Like Kipin was coming back from maternity. Leave. That is
1: kind. Of, that's kind of the lost race we, you know, we missed in this 1500 Robert. Because 2019, that was when Sifan Hassan was when, in her best 1500 shape. But it was when Faith Kip Kipiego I mean, she still ran 3:54. She ran faster than she'd ever run before pregnancy but it was her first year back after pregnancy. She wasn't the runner that she's been the last three years. It would have been nice to see that version of Hassan against this version of Kip Yegan. I'm still pretty sure Kip Yegan would have won, but you know, it would have been more interesting than the races we've seen the last few championships. But yeah, th- this is what happens. When you're so good and you win so consistently, you can win in any style. That's the other thing that's amazing about Kip Yegan is she can run from the front and make it really fast, or she can just sit and close in a six six, She's the most complete 1500 runner we've ever seen on the women's side. It's just amazing. And I think – I mean, Robert, I think we talked about this last year when she won in Eugene, you know, comparing her against Hickam Elgarouge, who is kind of regarded as the greatest men's miler of all time. You know, who is better? Uh, I think last year we still sell, said El Elgarouge because he had the world records in the 1500 mile. Well, a year later, Kip Yegon has the world records in the 1500 mile. They have, I believe, the same number of global titles. I think El Rouge won four worlds and one Olympics in the 1500. Kipi Agon's won three worlds and two Olympics. I think you might have to go with Kipi Agon now, right? Because she's got two Olympics. That's worth more than, you know, two Olympics and three worlds. That's more, worth more than one Olympics and four worlds. She's got the world records and she can win with a kick and she can win from the front. She's not reliant on, Having a teammate pace out world championship finals like El Garouge was in his heyday. She can well, do this she, thing on herself. She also
0: has a one, what, like gone like six years losing one race. I would go with Faith, but mainly for another reason. She's competed in an era when there was an EPO test throughout her entire career. Nothing more than I'll say than that. <clears throat> but let's talk about some of these other results, John. Derubi which gets the silver 355.69, Hassan, the bronze. 356 flat. Sierra Magian of Ireland. How do you Kira say that? Kira McGann. Kira 356 61. I heard her say, you know, like I wanted the medal, but I'm proud of the effort. I mean, I, you can't be too upset about that. I mean, this was 211 for 800, right? And they run 356 off that. That's pretty wild because four flat is 64 pace. So th- they're running like 405, 406 pace, and they end up running 356. Mm-hmm. Nelly Chipchircher who I was, the 20-year-old from Kenya I thought might get a medal, 357.9. Laura Muir, 358 58 Top, I mean, the only American, Corey, McG- Corey McGee, 10th and 401. Now, one thing, I-, I talked to Laura Muir after this race was over. She made the much publicity medal at the last two global championships, not tonight, but it was interesting what she said. Like, uh, I kind of got there in the middle of the interview, but she was just like, she dumped Andy Young, her coach, and I don't know she seems to me a lot happier and I think she'd rather be fifth or sixth in the world coaching herself or having a new coach ever she's got instead of being under Andy young. And she's like, I'm just encouraged. And I can't wait to start training for 2024. So her life is good now. Now maybe you could argue, okay, maybe if you want to be the best, you need someone to push you and you're a little bit miserable and you're, and you're running better. But it was, I I kind of enjoyed seeing that. Like, you know, I I don't know. Do you want to put some of these people through the hell they were with in hindsight under Salazar just to get, the, those results, that's a longer debate, I guess. So, um, did you talk to anyone else after these races? Oh, by the way, I did talk to Kip Yeagon. I apologize. I made a rare mistake. The interview that would probably go viral. I forgot to somehow publish. I was yelling at John for not putting up some obscure steeplechase finisher online. And he's like, by the way, they've Kip Yegon thing's not public yet. Did you mean to do that, Robert? And I was like, oh, so Kip Yeagon was interesting. She, when I talked to her, she was like, I, I, she said something about um, the race plan, but she didn't really explain it. So I said, well, wh- wh- what was the race plan? And she basically just acted like, oh, it was just to win. <laughs> I'm like, was it to, oh, was it to c- control I mean, it from the front? And when I talked, I, I ran into Valentine Trowell, her agent. And she's like, she's just got a really good natural sense of how to handle a race. But I mean, with her. Robert,
1: look, here's the thing. When your faith keeps yes. on, you can just say my strategy is to win and you will win because you're better than everyone else. She doesn't need a strategy. She can run that race any way she wanted. She still would have won the race. And I think you know, if we're going to talk about Hassan and pick some nits here, I feel like she's kind of been guilty of being in races before where she is so much better than everyone else. She doesn't really have to worry about tactics that much. And we saw it in the 10,000. She did the same thing in the 1,500. And I don't think she would have won the 1,500 if she was right on Kip I think she might've been able to get the silver if she was right with Dereba Welteji, but she spotted her distance at the bell just as she spotted Saga distance in the 10 K. And again, when you're closing in 57, three for your last lap, that if that's the person in front of you, that's, if that's what they're closing in, you're going to have to close in like 56, eight. If you're down by half a second at the bell, it just doesn't make sense. I think
0: she ran this though, thinking she's not beating KPA gun. And she thought, oh, I can do this and get silver. And Normally this type of result would have gotten her silver credit to what tells you only 21 running that, that good of a race. So she was
1: in the 800 last year at Worlds. Remember the Ethiopian team was so stacked; she had to run the 800. She got fourth goes into the 1500.
0: Well, the, the crazy thing is like e- there was another Ethiopian, the fourth one and didn't even get to run the event. I was picking her for the silver in the event if she ran it, but she didn't get to run it. So they have so many sort of interchangeable parts that could meddle. It's, it's it's a little bit crazy. This was but, a big but,
1: underperformance but, for Ethiopia. Come on, let's be realistic here, Robert. Well, Teja gets second, but Burka Heilam, who won a Diamond League earlier this year, she's only 17, I'll cut her with some slack. But she was ninth, and she'd been one of the fastest in the world this year. And then here at Meshesha, who was also one of the fastest in the world this year, didn't even make the final. Ethiopia, Ethiopia had four of the fastest five women in the world this year. This was a fast final. Oh, they God. got... One person in the top eight. I'm sorry. That's bad.
0: It's not bad. It's yes, not it ba- is. It's not bad. First of all, nobody cares. They only care about the medals. And there was only one medal available when Hassan decided end the race. And Ethiopia got it. So it doesn't matter which of the three Ethiopians got it. I'm sorry. The 17-year-old who we may be talking about is the greatest ever in 10 years didn't do so well. We saw the same thing in the men's steeple. The young Kenyan didn't do well. So
1: I don't want to bash the 17-year-old Hylam again. It's our first championship, I can understand The this. Americans
0: did terrible. Sinclair Johnson was like sixth last year, and she didn't even make the final, and Corey McGee was tenth, and Nikki Hiltz, the U.S. champion, who every fast woman in runner's world was talking about as being the, the greatest they in the history of days, didn't even make the final either.
1: Okay, you had to throw in the Hiltz reference there for some reason, but look. They had four of the fastest five in the world. They got one person in the top eight. That's an underperformance. I'm sorry. That's that, like it I'm was. Thi- and I'm thinking. Remember what Grudoff Segay said after the 10K. She wanted to do the triple in in Budapest. Hindsight being 2020, obviously you know you put her in there. But I do wonder if this makes them more willing to triple her in Paris next year if she's in shape. They Kajale. should. I
0: honestly think if you triple the three of these women, Kip Yagon, Hassan, and Segay, they might go one, two, three in all
1: three events. Okay, the one other thing. Wait,
0: one other thing though. On a serious note, this is going to bring up a brilliant point. Ethiopia. Oh, I should get my friend, uh, Tafari Debebe, he used to be an Ethiopian journalist. He lived in my parents' basement for nine months he now he's in the States to get me to apply for this job. If you need a middle distance coach, I'm your man. Rich Kanaw, the former world championship bronze medalist '97, on U.S. Olympian in 2000, now the head of the Atlantic Track Club, the man that should be running USA Track and Field, but for some reason isn't. Um, He used to be an agent, worked for Mark Wetmore at the time, and he's like, I just don't think that the Ethiopians are very good at coaching the middle distances. They're not really used to having a lot of middle distance runners, because Hassan, like, look at that. like, She's great. She was born in Ethiopia, now she's a world beater, and she runs for another country, and I, I really think that's true. Like they are not; they probably are not as great coaching the 1500 as they are these other events. And it's an interesting point because there's clearly talent and we're starting to see countries sort of defy what they've always been good at and start to change to different events like Ethiopia. that used to be good at the steeplechase. Now they're pretty good at the steeplechase and et cetera, et cetera. So I think it may be more of a coaching issue in Ethiopia than think- is anything else. Because what, what, what's the other thing that, that goes in this phrase? garrett negus the fastest i know he was born in america but his parents are ethiopian so the fastest person in the history of the world with ethiopian genetics was born and raised and coached in america so that's why i think it's a coaching issue not a something else
1: well i'm just going to say about using son as an example is quite a choice robert because i would argue she could be the greatest talent in the history of distance running and just saying oh we should have more yeah. Sifan Hassan. Yeah, the greatest
0: talent this is running just happens to live in another country, a Western country with more modern coaching. Uh, I think coaching matters.
1: I don't think there are Sifan Hassan's growing on trees in Ethiopia, Robert, which is, seems to be what you are suggesting. Anyway, the one other thing I wanted to say about this race: can we just give some respect to Kira again? This woman last year skipped the World Championships because she didn't think she had a real. She didn't think she had a great shot at meddling. She did think she had a shot at meddling at the Commonwealth Games and the Euros. So she did those two meets instead. That's not what I'm giving respect for. I'm just trying to use that to illustrate how far this woman has come. Because a year ago, if you had said she was going to have a shot at meddling at Worlds, I'd be like, absolutely not. Like, I think everyone would agree. Yeah, you probably didn't have a shot at meddling at the World Championships. This, This year, at 31, she comes in genuine medal contender because she made that big breakthrough at the end of 2022. She ran an amazing race, Robert. She, You know, I like to talk about positioning a lot. I thought it was very smart. She ran the minimum distance. She was on the rail the whole time. She moved up when she had to. She ran a personal best, national record, 356.61. It just wasn't good enough. She got beat by three women who ran 356 flat or faster. And after the race, she was like, I was very proud of how I ran tactically, you know, and she was proud to say that she was disappointed with fourth place because she's like, look how far I've come and she should be proud of fourth place. But at the same time, when you're fourth, you always want to be third. So respect to her. She ran her best. She did a great race. Just sometimes there are better athletes than you in the race. And that was the case tonight.
0: Linda Wallace on YouTube has an interesting comment with Stefana San solidify her own legacy by focusing on fewer events and just winning them. I was thinking about that myself the other day. And there's also an interesting thread on Let's Run, who's the GOAT, Faith Kip Yagon or Safan Hassan? And you're kind of comparing different things. I really think Kip Yagon has greatly enhanced her resume by running that 5,000 world record. We'll see what happens in the, in the 5,000. She kind of views that as icing on the cake. But people kind of just remember, like, it's weird. You run one event and win. People oh, you're the GOAT. If you run two events, you win one and win bronze in the next. They're like, oh, you lost an event. But it's better than not even trying the event, isn't it? So I think it's a little bit unfair, but it's a very interesting question. I mean, her winning the, the London Marathon and then meddling in the 1500 is pretty remarkable,
1: right? In the span of four months, the London Marathon was April 23rd, 2023. Today is August 22nd, 2023. Less than three months later, sorry, less than four months later, it's absolutely really ridiculous. We, I mean, maybe in the early days of women's distance running when there were about 15 women running – you know distance total you might have seen something like this not in 2023 with the depth we have it's it's nuts
0: all right let's move to the men's steeplechase and this was much anticipated world record holder versus olympic and world champion El oh, kick is sick kind of like Kimboy's kick kind of like a Prudhoe's kick it seems like whoever's winning the steeplechase in most races actually it has a good kick and we were wondering, would it go hard from the gun? And Gurma the gun, the race goes off, and Gurman goes to the back. So, no, this is not going to go hard. It's 250 at 1,000. That's 830 pace. It's 830 pace, yeah. But there was like 0. 0.4, so it's probably like 831 pace. Picks up a little bit in the second kilometer, around 1K. Gurma was like 8th or 10th for the first K. He moves up kind of third or fourth, but picks up a little bit as one of the Kenyans pushes the pace. So we go from 250 to 244, I think, or 534. And then Gurma goes to the lead, and he pushes it down. He runs a 58-second. Oh, immediately when he goes to the lead, we're, we're down to five. And it's Gurma, el and the three Kenyans. Everybody else just – you're not meddling. You can run for top non-African honors. 58-second penultimate lap, and we're down to two, the two that we expected. And Gurma actually had, if you watch the replay, like a three- to four-meter lead. Al Bacali's there, though, chasing after. And on the backstretch, I mean, sometimes I see Al Bacali, like in some of these diamond links, he's like really struggling, and you look like he's going to get dropped. It never looked like that to me today. And on the backstretch, he started moving up before I sometimes see him move up. And he was right on Gurmo 200 meters to go. Takes the lead right before the water jump. But it's hard to believe that he only took the lead right before the water jump because coming off the final turn, I was like, if you watch the replay, could he still win even if he fell on the final barrier? Probably not because it was like a two second margin of victory, but it was over. Like he was just going so much faster. Then he slows down. 803. Check out this last thousand. 228.9 in a steeple chase for him. That's pretty wild.
1: Disgusting. So disgusting.
0: He's now eight and one lifetime against Gurma. He tells John afterwards, I don't really care about times. I'm a championship runner. And since he's now the fourth human to get three global championships in the steeple. Kimboy leads six, but I just wrote it in our recap. Like this guy should to me, his form looks great. 803 in that type of heat. And that's a little of a start. Why wouldn't you want the world record? Go get it. It'll add your legacy if you can get it. And then, you know, t- try to get a second Olympic title, try to top that six from Kimboy and-, and see what you can do. Gurma. I talked to him afterwards through interpreter. It's very hard with the Ethiopians. And You know, he was, he's like, I'm I'm the world record holder the silver medal. you know, he's still got a medal. He's not like despondent about it, but he was kind of, I said, well, you regret, he made it like, yeah, me and my teammates. So I mean, I think that meant um, Wally talked about pushing the pace, but they didn't do it. So I said, well, do you regret? He's like, I was a little bit indecisive about it. Now he did push the pace, try to push it for the last thousand. Everyone now is like, Oh, it's easy to say we should have pushed it the whole way, but what are you going to run, 755 in the heat by yourself? It was 79 degrees, you know, 60% humidity.
1: Yes, that's basically what he needed to do to win the world title. I,
0: I don't think that he would have. I don't think he would He probably won.
1: wouldn't have. Look, look, your options aren't great because when you're going up against guys who run 756 and has a fierce kick, it's either you have to run insanely fast. And if you do that, you could just blow up and you cost yourself silver or you wait and you push it from a little further out. Now, it was a little different last year's world championship final Really didn't get going until the bell. That one, El Bacali still put distance on him. He still won that thing by almost a second. But this, is,
0: we, we also got to give Grimmer credit. This is the Ethi- – talk about not having good mid-distance coaching. Coaching. He's the Ethiopian national record holder of the 1,500. I know running a fast 1,500 is not the same thing as having a good kick. Just ask Stewie McSwain about that. But, um, yeah, in hindsight, he should sort have of pushed it. He said, yeah, it was a tactical error in hindsight. But, you know, he's, he's, he's still young. He's 22 officially. Streams to win gold, it's not over. It looks like a blowout now, but we'll see what happens next time.
1: I do wonder, Robert, you know, this silver medal, it was his fourth straight silver medal in a global championship. He lost out by .01 in his global championship debut in 2019 to Concessless Kip-Rudo, and he's gotten silver behind El Bicali the last three years. He's starting to seem like the Celestia Sahini – or the Paul Turgot of the Steeplechase. Both of those men had four silver medals behind an all time great. Mikele in Suhine's case and Haile Gebr in Turgot's case. They were both fantastic runners. They just happened to be in the same era as an even better runner who had a better kick than them. And this is well, what I think of when I think of Lometscher Gurma.
0: I just think he's so young. We, we don't, Albuquerque, he'd be old soon. This guy could go on a run for six, seven years. And we'll be like saying L who? So yeah.
1: Uh, Anyways, I, I mean, he's been other on the medals- scene since 2019. I'm just saying like, you know, if so, the- John, so
0: John thinks it's impossible for a 17 year old to come on the scene, even though we just saw a 17 year old, the women's 1500. So, well, we saw Mary K-
1: assuming she's 17, well, Mary- I'm saying sometimes, so these, with- sometimes these 17 year olds are done by 24. of it. I'm just saying like
0: Mary Kane. And she didn't fake her age at all.
1: Mary Kane was never winning a silver medal at the world championship she at was 17. In the, she, she was, in was in the not final. even close to a silver medal in a world championship she at 17. She
0: was in the final and she was done by 19, and she actually had a real birthday. So we, we shouldn't be judging their age. By the way, we had an interesting conversation with AAU. It looks like they are trying to crack down on age cheating, But behind the, these results, it, it was a reverse order of finish for the Kenyan Trials. Abraham Kibawat, who was third of the Kenyan trials, gets the third here, despite falling on the last lap. Um the Kenyan champion, the young 20-year-old who, who had won Monaco, is Simon Kowich? Yes. He was last for the Kenyans. He was seventh. You know, he's he's young. Not a good showing for him. Wouldn't talk to me afterwards. And we almost had the top non-African being a Japanese man. we got to give a shout-out to Ryu Mariu, the Japanese record holder. He's he's quite young, too. He was running a good race. But George Bemis of the of OAC just sniped him at the finish line. So Beamish finishes fifth. Maier finishes sixth. They run 813. Um, So good showing for both those guys.
1: I mean, great showing for George Beamish. This is a guy, he'd never run a steeplechase, professional steeplechase. I think he did like a 2K one when he was in New Zealand. But he'd never run a pro steeplechase before April. He goes from running 840-something in his debut to 813, almost a PV, in the World Championship Final, getting fifth. And he was telling me, He's like, I thought I could medal. I was at the bell, and I'm just like, all these guys, they're not going to have a good last lap. He knows he can have a good last lap. He picked off, I don't know how many guys on the last lap, but he likes to call himself textbook George. This was exactly what he does. He usually kind of fades back a little in the middle of the race. He's he's one of those guys like Woody Kincaid, oh, always has a great kick. Robbie, you just want me to ignore this guy who just picked up this event, who you know, was not close to medaling in. Any other event right now comes in and gets fifth in the world. You no, I'm not going to ignore. ignore I was
0: on the message board when it was said a couple of weeks ago in the st- press that he was going to run just the 5000. Like, why wouldn't this guy run the steeple? He's much more competitive in the steeple. But the reality is in these events, there's generally two or three Kenyans, one Moroccan, and one Ethiopian that's any good, and then everybody else is, is, is battling for next house. Like he's had a great year in the steeple. A medal is going to be a long shot for this guy, despite. The great finish. This year. it's it's like what I tell the guys back when I was coaching at Cornell. You get fifth as a freshman and you think, oh my god, in three years I'm gonna win it. And the problem is, every year like one or two studs come into the league and they're just better than you. Weldon was saying it last night on the podcast. Does taulu who's won a ton of medals, has been in the Diamond League circuit? Does she have the talent to win a world title? I mean, obviously she does. If like the four people that always beat her. Don't show up or get injured, but most of the time her top is not good enough. And the top in the men's steeple, if you're flat out in Europe, you pretty much need to be like eight oh five or better to have a shot at a medal.
1: Yeah, so he's got a ways he, to go. He's going to need Elbakali or Gama to either get hurt or get old because those guys are still going to be around the next few years. And he's he even he admitted those two are on a different level oh. and. Uh, probably always will be as long as they're in their primes. But I don't know. I mean, I was just impressed as hell that you can go from not really having done this event to getting fifth in the world and closing really well. And yeah. Dreaming of a medal. I don't know. It was pretty awesome. To and we,
0: we've got the on shoe guy, Jordan Donnelly in the chat, Jordan. I, I didn't wave to you. I apologize today. Hopefully we can buy you a beer tomorrow. If you come to our meetup, we've got a place and a time check the homepage four o'clock folks. Cause they've moved some events around. But, Jordan, I'm just bitter that the New York Times called the OEC the greatest track group team in in the world, ignoring the U.S. track team, which doesn't make any sense. And probably a couple other training groups, I would think. Maybe some sprinting groups I'm not even aware of. Hell, I might be in a discus group that actually wins a medal. They'll probably get their first medal tomorrow, and we'll be buying people free supporters clubs years for a year. Anyways... um,
1: Wait, hold on. This is actually a good question we've got from Sakaya. No, th- what has happened to Kenya in the steeplechase? It is actually incredible because really? this, no, this used to be Kenya's event. It was either Kenya or a Kenyan-born Qatari athlete, so Saif Saeed Shaheen, would win this event every year at the World Championships of the Olympics. They owned it like no other country owned no other event. And now, since Kipruto has faded away, it's been El Bicale's event. Morocco's owned it. And Kenya isn't even, this, you know, they're getting on the podium. They got on the podium with Keegan and Tokyo, Kiprudo. But it's been bronze, bronze, bronze the last three championships. Morocco and Ethiopia won two in all of them. It's just kind of crazy. If, you, if I told you a few years ago, Robert, oh, yeah, the next three world championships, the best Kenya's going to do is a bronze. I mean, that goes against all of track and field history.
0: Yeah, but we've got like Japanese guy now in the four hundred and the one hundred. Jacket field's getting interesting. We've got the best foreigner hurdlers, a guy from Norway. Well, no, People what define the stereotypes?
1: What happened in the steeple is pretty clear. You got some other countries and getting some massive talents. Gomer is Ethiopia's best steeplechaser ever. El Bakali, I mean, probably at this point is Morocco's best steeplechaser ever. And Kenya doesn't have the ready-made star to replace. Their line, which included Ken Boy, and then to Kip Ruto, you needed another one. They haven't found that guy yet. Could it be Simon koch in a couple of years? Maybe. But, you know, when you're going up against people as good as El Bacali and Goma, you're going to need one of Kenya's best ever steeplers to beat them.
0: All right, let's get to the real steeple thing and the real on-athletics discussion that we need to be having here. Just one second. I'm looking through the YouTube chat. Here we go, folks. The reason why I wasn't excited about George Bemis, it's like why I'm not excited about... Garcia Romo or Ollie Hoare. These guys need to all quit the OEC and come to the Rojo Track Club here in Baltimore because they're never going to beat their teammates. Someone's got to said best. I cannot believe this. This is classic Let's Run. This should be put in the Let's Run Hall of Fame.
1: This is just pandering to Rojo, in fact. whoever Thomas Lester, you wrote this comment because you were hoping Rojo would read it on air. No, so congratulations. I almost in- yelled
0: at it because I thought it was so stupid, but it's almost brilliant. Thomas Lester says, "Do you think that year Negus should move up to the steeple? Does he have a better chance of gold in the steeple or 1500?" Uh, definitely the 1500. I don't think he's very coordinated. He doesn't st- He strikes me as a science nerd. I don't see see this guy as like being really that athletic. Maybe I'm wrong about that. He's like I asked him what novel he was reading, he explained it to me. It's on the YouTube comments. I didn't even know it was way over my head. So
1: Robert when was the last time you read a novel.
0: A novel? Like what does that mean? I'm reading like um is a novel? Is that like I'm reading? Uh,
1: like a narrative work of fiction?
0: Oh, fiction! I never read fiction. I'm reading uh the Stanford Girls' uh, biography. What's that called? Uh, Warren Freshman's book? Is that a is that a novel?
1: Good for a girl. I mean, yeah, yeah it's a yeah oh. autobiography. No, I read lots of
0: children's novels.
1: Those don't count. Oh darn! Yeah,
0: they only take like five minutes.
1: <laughs> yeah, Robert. I was giving Robert a World War One history lesson earlier today because we were walking around a park and. Budapest, and I was telling him about the assassination of Franz Ferdinand and how that set off a whole uh, by the way, this city
0: is beautiful. The marathon course is gonna be it's gonna be awesome, breathtaking on on TV. Like, John and I have been in the double decker red bus, like the tourists with our little earphones on the last two days because we got a two day pass. So, we did first half yesterday, second half day. We went out to the park, they kind of have two parks. It's like one's like actually crowded like Central Park, and the park where the marathon is kind of empty, but it's gigantic. But the boulevards with all the Cartiers and the famous stores, the NBC Row, that's where they're going to be running up and down. It's wild. And everything is in such pristine condition. It's like they have, like, cleaned every damn building. Like, there's no soot on them. It's amazing.
1: It is actually ridiculous. These buildings, some of them are 100 years old, and they look like they were built yesterday. You know, we were trying to figure figure out how is that possible. Okay. So that's probably that's going to do it on the steeple i guess we should mention the american kenneth rooks 10th place 820 he just yeah he was basically like you know i i I didn't really have it today that's kind of what everyone says like they they have an off race maybe it was coming back after such a good run in the steeple but he just couldn't really he was getting dropped before the pace even accelerated that much he's like you know maybe if i was up front a little bit better position when that move was made i would have been okay but it kind of happened and he just couldn't really respond to it. And then Isaac Uptake, who, you know, is probably uh, – might have been a little fortunate to get advanced to the final because he seemed like he was slowing down a little bit at the end of his prelim. He runs in there, but he gets lost in 830.67. So those are the two U.S. hopes. What's happened to at Wally? He was only eleventh. This guy used to be the usual fourth placer at Global Championships, so not a great run for him either.
0: Well, that's what the Ethiopians are saying about Grant Fisher – I guess he was number the fifth placer. Aragawi is the fourth placer now for Ethiopia, right?
1: Berahui Aragawi, uh, fourth in Tokyo, fourth here. All right, should we talk 800 prelims or do you want to talk field event finals? Or the no. men's 400 semis, which were also pretty wild. And Steven Gardner, his unbeaten streak in races that he finishes remains, but he won't be in the final uh, a couple of days from now.
0: No, let's start with the 100-meter prelims, 100-meter hurdle prelims. Because there was an interesting comment at the beginning. Some people have been listening to the YouTube comments. We interviewed Toby Amazon, the world record holder. And I guess, can we not pull up a YouTube comment from the very Oh, here it is. She wasn't really thrilled to be talking about the whereabouts and really wouldn't go about the whereabouts. It was very testy. We are like, well, she wouldn't give us like any explanation about what happened. By the way, the it, we had a meeting with the Athletics Integrity Unit today. They're going to be releasing the case like why she got off and the details tomorrow. So that will be Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday. So we'll be able to read it then. And I thought I can tell you, it's like, we're considering appealing because we're worried about the precedent it's going to set. So they didn't tell us what it is, but it sounds like they don't like why she's getting off. And they're afraid this is set as a precedent moving forward. It's going to be a problem. So we don't have any idea of the details because Amazon wouldn't talk about it, but I'm like, people are like, well, was it hard to get ready? She's like, no, I was just getting ready. We're like, but are you upset? She's like, Does, do I look like I'm upset? We're like, well, not particularly, but then I'm like, are you upset that despite being cleared, many people are now going to assume that you've got something to hide? She's like, many people? Do you feel that way? I said, well, I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about many people. It just, these people get so confrontational. it, It blows my mind. It honestly makes them look guilty to me. Like if you've got nothing to hide, why are you getting confrontational about me asking you basic questions? Or when John goes up to Shericka Jackson last year, after she runs the second, becomes the second fastest woman in history in the 200, and says, hey, a lot of people have questions about the world record. Do you believe in the validity of the world record? And she got all, like, went off on John. Like, why are you getting upset with John? It, he's asking a question that actually could say, like, another way of phrasing this question is, should we consider you to be the fastest clean woman in history? View it as a positive if you're actually clean, instead of getting mad about us asking joy questions. So that's what happened in the 100 Hurdles. Well, um, yeah, I'm Harrison, the world, the four, the previous world record holder ran amazing 1224. And it was interesting. I interviewed her. I'm not sure if this part made it in the YouTube interview, but she's like, I want to go 100% every round. This is a woman that's never won a gold at a global championship. She's like, I just want well, to get in, in the rhythm. She
1: won 60 hurdles indoors in 2018. Well, just, uh, yeah, just yeah. she's like, I just
0: want to get in the rhythm 100% every time go for it. And the final will be no different. So I, I thought it was interesting. She looked great. See what she can do in the final.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was thinking this was probably going to be Jasmine Camacho, Quinn, or Toby Amazon. I know Harrison's been running pretty well, but she got beat at USA's by Nia Ali. Yeah, this twelve twenty four sent a message for sure. But I think there are other women in this. I mean, I know there are other women in this field who can run twelve twenty four. So great run for her. I'm excited to see how the rest of it plays out. And yeah, Kyle Dennehy asked Toby Amazon, like could you explain the circumstances that led to you getting charged? Like he wanted, we wanted to know the backstory because nothing has come out about it. We will see the decision tomorrow, but you know, if again, if she feels like she's being screwed over, I think her supporters, I'm sure would like to know why were you charged in the first place? Not just blindly accept, Oh, our girl has been wrong and we'll just take her word for everything. If she's been wrong, it would be great to hear outside side of the story. And maybe we'll get that once the decision is out. But yeah, she didn't, she wasn't in the mood to really engage on that subject today after the prelims.
0: Oh, I think only for, oh God, I wish I had the guts to talk about a rumor I heard today about, I'm trying to think how I can phrase this sort of giving away some of the information. without. I don't
1: answers. think you need to really go there, Robert
0: two gold medalists flying to parts of Texas. They'd heard recently. And considering there's been a lot of drug busts from the Western side of anyway, oh, That'll be another story. If you really buy me some drinks here in Budapest, maybe. I'll be gone though. So I won't be able to tell you. All right. Other action. We we briefly talked about, um, we talked about 100 hurdles. We're going to get to the 800 in a minute. We had the 400 hurdle semis. Femke Cabal is looking good, but so is the American.
1: Shamir Little? Yeah. Robert, I mean, looking good is in what? She's not going to remotely challenge Femme Cabal. I mean, I guess I'm – I guess I shouldn't say that after I thought the same exact thing in the mixed four by four, but come on. Femke Bowl's run 51, like four this year. You really think that Shamir Little can challenge her?
0: That's the time of the day. Shamir Little, 52.81, Femke Bowl, 52.95. All I'm trying to do is be a journalist and state the facts. So that happened there. Men's 400, Stephen Gardner. I'm obsessed with this win streak. It continues since 2017. He has not lost a race in the 400. That's six years. That he's finished. Now, unfortunately, he didn't finish again today. Had the league coming off the turn, pull, hamstring pulls up or pulled, uh, looked terrible. Feel bad for the guy. Um, and it was interesting here. Fastest time of the day in this event, I think, went to the young Jamaican, right,
1: John? Yeah, Antonio Watson, 21 years old, born on September 11th, 2001. That's, how's that for a birthday? Joseph Fumble's birthday, also. I remember those things. 44 1 3. The top three guys had personal bests in this. and You know the nice thing for them. Sometimes you'll have the 400, and it'll be like you know back to back to back days. They actually get a full day off before the final. The final will be on Thursday night, so they get to rest and recover for that. But you know, looking at some of these results, it did. You know, some of them didn't make sense to me. Like Matt Hudson Smith has been decidedly like average this year. He was the bronze medalist last year at the World Championships. Hasn't really done anything to show that sort of form and then in his semi-final he runs forty-four twenty-six. 26 he breaks the european record which had stood since 1987 so he ran a pb in the semi-finals vernon norwood who is what 29 years old at this point 31 years old also he pbs 44 26 in his prelim and he was behind watson so we've got these three guys wade van neekhoek who i thought looked brilliant all year, hadn't lost a race coming into Worlds, was the clear favorite after Gardner goes down. No, he actually gets third in his heat. He needs a time qualifier just to make the final, 44-65. And then Karani James, it seems like he's been around forever. He was the world champion all the way back in 2011. He's into the final again. He almost always medals. So my thing is like, Is it going to be the guys who have consistently gotten it done in these finals? So I'm thinking Karani James, maybe Wade Van Niekirk, though he hasn't really meddled since his injury. Or is it going to be the young upstart Antonio Watson? Could Matt Hudson-Smith win it? I mean, Quincy Hole looked good winning his heat, 44-43. He was only third at USA's. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised by anything in this final, Robert.
0: But if you're a coach out there – and your kid quits and lets up before the line. Don't feel too bad. Wade Van Nieker, the world record holder, former Olympic champion. I couldn't believe it. In the first heat, he's in third. And he just, like, lets up five meters from the line. He's trying to get it on time. Now, he did get it on time. But, yeah, I guess everybody just does stupid things. So, come on, people. Run through the line. And whatever happened to – it's just been a weird event because we had Gardner in forty three seventy four coming in Muzala Samulonga, Samulonga
1: of Zambia withdrew before the championships due to injury. Rasheem McDonald, who was number three in the world coming in, didn't even make the Jamaican team. It's just been like such a strange event outside of Gardner. That's why we,
0: Weldon was talking about this before he got on the plane. He's like, oh, the foreigners are so lame. Like we need new blood. We need guys running in the 43s. Like every other event seems to be like, a lot of them seem so much faster than they were back in the day. Certainly not the men's 400 and certainly not the men's 800. So let's move to the men's 800 where we had the first round. The 800 is tough, it's always top three and then time qualifiers. I really wish they would just do placement in all these events, including the sprints top three in the sprints, maybe top four in these heats. I don't know, figure it out so that you can have enough. You run nine people on a track if you have to. But in terms of developments, there certainly were some, a your career, the Olympic and world champion. He's not had a good season. was hoping to put it together. He battled hard, but he finished what fourth in the seat. He's out. Peter Bull, Who was fourth last year, got into the meet fourth after Fourth of the Olympics, fourth of the Olympics, got into the meet after this EPO test was thrown out. He's out. Another guy that pissed me off. Wouldn't talk to me. His coach is always on the message boards. Yo, why won't your athlete talk to us? We, I would have been very sympathetic to him. How did the drug suspension, impact you well i get it. you're disappointed maybe you don't want to say something that-
1: i mean i'm guessing he doesn't want to talk about something that's been taking over his life for the entire year and he's talked about plenty already i am just giving you the rationale i would have liked to hear from every him other too.
0: sport you talk to the press after your big meet you do period so what we, track and field needs in a professional era where, where the, the the media people USATF is probably the worst australia probably second england third no i'd say england actually second No, they've
1: been been good at this championships. Oh, no. But
0: so many people just – they love to, like – if the athlete says they don't want to talk, they don't even try to get them to talk. They act like their job is not not to talk to us. So if you blow me off, i get angry. Anyways, um, so they're all out as is.
1: Two of the three Americans, Clayton Murphy and Isaiah Harris.
0: Last year we didn't get any out of the first round. At least –
1: Bryce Hopple made it. One for three, one for six. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, one for seven if you're counting the last two years.
0: I wasn't. I don't think Hopple really has the talent level. I know he's fourth. To, I've never seen the big change of gears to get a third. Maybe you could sneak a medal, but to me, and I didn't expect Isaiah Harris to do much here. I still believe in Clayton Murphy's talent. 2021, what he did at the U.S. trials. I'm like, if he can show that form at a global championship, he'll get a medal again. And today, I'm watching the thing on the in the mix zone. Murphy looks amazing from 600 on the back stretch in the second lap, five to 600. I'm like, wow, he looks good. He's got the lead up through 700. I'm like, this is vintage Clayton Murphy. Could this guy win the whole damn thing? And did I feel like a fool or what? Because I felt I, the
1: same way, Robert.
0: 100 meter. Yeah, I could tell. John was watching on the. There's one TV that's delayed by 30 seconds because John was interviewing, I think, one of the Brits. And then I'm like, oh, John's seeing it after me. He doesn't know that Clayton's going to fall apart here in the last 100. And Clayton, to his credit, unlike these other athletes, came through the mix zone, only probably talked for about 30 seconds. He was devastated. He said, I've never had a better three weeks than I've had the last three weeks. And I just got beat. He didn't make excuses. He just came up short. It's hard to say that to people. He didn't want to talk about it. But so sometimes,
1: sometimes there's only a limited amount of things to say. I didn't have exactly any many questions. Like He's like, I ran the race I wanted to run, and he put himself in position, and he just got smoked the last 100, and I, I don't know what else there is to say. Like He thought he was in shape well, for whatever reason. He didn't run to that shape, or he wasn't in that... I was wondering about that, because he says his workouts were going right, great. His races decidedly would not, Robert. He was dead lost in Monaco. He only you know, barely made the U S team in third place at the trials. So I mean, I trust him when he says his workouts have been going well, but his races had not really been going all that great. But yeah, I mean, sometimes there's not really that much to say. I just appreciated him stopping and kind of saying it, you know, sometimes we don't know if there's an injury or not. He's, there's no injury in this case. It's just, he didn't have it.
0: Apparently the U S announcers Otto of Bolden and shiny Richards, Ross blasted the intermediate runners on U S television. I don't really like it. How they have a the sprint guys comment. They try to move them up and have them, broadcast 800 when they don't really understand the event i would like to spend a day with Otto to teach him the event but yeah it's disappointing but we're just not that great at the event like there there was zero tactical mistakes from murphy
1: harris was kind of all over the place in his race though
0: but it said they went out in 55 i mean there's a lot of like 800 is a very chaotic event i was thinking about this like why don't we run the it'd be a lot easier to commentate on why don't we run the 800 and 1500 lanes like they do in the sprints? These sprinters don't understand. It's just very simple. Go all out in the time trial. Every time you race in your lane, you don't need to worry about anybody else. Like the 800 is a lot different. So is the 1500. Imagine if we had a world that I just said every race, including that 10,000 meters, will be run in lanes.
1: I mean, the 10,000 would be just, just an absolute disaster. You'd have people sharing lanes. They'd be going all different paces. You wouldn't know who is in front. It'd be the biggest mess we've ever seen.
0: End of an era for Murphy
1: i mean it could be he's but hey the good news for him now good
0: news for him is the olympics are next year
1: right he he's he looked a lot in better in olympic years and
0: i was very worried about him coming into the year because he didn't show much of anything last year remember he didn't make the team, right and well he got fourth i know but anyways it's like donovan brazier it's tough so I would say more the end of the era for for career. We'll oh, see what happens with career. That's all I'm going to say. I
1: don't know about end of era with career. Career career was the most happy I've ever seen someone who was the defending champion get eliminated in the first round. I was talking to him after the race. I honestly half the way halfway through the interview, I thought he might have been gaslighting me and that he was acting as if he got advanced because I thought we we asked him, "Hey, could you stop for a minute to talk?" He's like, "Oh, I'll talk tomorrow." And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself this guy didn't make the semifinals. What what do you mean? He's not going to be here tomorrow. So he comes through and he does agree to stop and talk to us. And he basically said, you know, he's had this injury all year. It's been bothering him. He hasn't been hundred percent when he's racing, but he finally feels it's getting better. So he's like, yeah, you know, I didn't make it through, but I'm actually feeling pretty good because my injury is starting to heal and it'll be getting better the rest of the season. It should be okay for the Olympics next year. So he was in very high spirits for someone who didn't even make it out of the first round after winning the last two titles. The other Kenyan I spoke to, the other Emmanuel, Emmanuel Wenyonyi, I learned something interesting about him, Robert. He was undefeated until his most recent race in Monaco, where he got eighth place. And I asked him, you know, what happened. He told me he was sick in Monaco. So the one race where he didn't look great. He was under the weather and and underperformed. This one, he looked very comfortable. He ran the fastest time of anyone in the prelims, 144.92, the only guy under 145. And he did that throwing up the number one right before the finish line. So he is your gold medal favorite. The 800 is always uh, tough, but what? Who, who's your – you're going to pick someone else over him? I'm not saying – He's a luck to win.
0: Marco A. Marco A. who medaled last year from Canada, looks fantastic. He looks so good. He could do a low five. He met he's a great dude. He's a Kenyan cap. He's a Canadian captain. I'm like, who why are you giving the guy next to you a low five a low five? Like the opposite of a high five down low. He said, like, I met this guy from Italy. He's really cool. We're friends. I was so excited to see him coming up near me. So just a fun guy. Again, the Canadian woman tried to run him through. If you try to run them through the mix zone without them talking to Rio rojo, you're on my bad list. But no, I didn't. Th- I just didn't like Wan Yoni gave up the lead and got it back. I guess he's been great all year. He could be a phenom at nineteen. Um, so, anyways, I promise we'd be done in forty-five minutes. We're now fifty-three minutes in, John. And I still
1: we have to be at the track eight eight hundred prelims done eight hours, Robert. So use them wisely.
0: I can't get English for some reason. My schedules and in, and in tomorrow. What other are language. you
1: looking for? What do you want to know?
0: Well, tomorrow it's gonna to be exciting. First of all, we'll find out right and early if all thing Mo is running or not. Um and then I think we have the male and female two hundreds starting. Was it the preliminary round?
1: There is no preliminary round in the two hundreds. Yeah, the men's and women's two hundreds. That's the morning session. You got some field event stuff as well.
0: If you're a five thousand fan for the women, they've moved it to the evening because it's gonna be so hot and humid in the sun. It's a lot worse than obviously when it's in the shade. So the evening session, you'd be in the shade because the stadium's kind of covered. So they moved the 5,000 to the evening. And then we're going to have – this is the whole night. This is the one night that Weldon and I are like, okay, if we're going to overlap, what do we? What event do we both want to see? Men's 1,500 final. Tomorrow, 9,15 here, 2,15 U.S. Eastern time. Then it's followed immediately by the 400. Um, Women's oh no.
1: 400, Sydney McLaughlin and the Veroni going – oh, wait. Uh, sorry. Um, Men's 400 meter hurdle final, though, to end the night. So it could be, as Robert wants to say, he's already got the headline picked out: Nirvana for Norway. Yeah, in- I, I it- and Warholm do what they did in Tokyo and win the gold medal.
0: Or Nordas and Warholm. They're 35 minutes apart. They're not actually back to back. So it's going to be fun. Um, and I forgot, John, you were talking about obscure
1: interviews. How many national record holders have you talked to so far? Mm-hmm. You didn't talk to Nozomi Tanaka when she came through. I haven't heard you talk to any Luxembourg national record holders or Albanian record holders or anything like that. But the, I'm actually disappointed, Robert. Do you only do this at the Olympics or are you off your game?
0: No, I did talk to the Jamaican foreign. hurdle national record holder yesterday. Did I tell this story? He used to be a 100- and 200-meter sprinter. He was getting hurt all the time. Coach moved him over to the 800 to get him to train so he wouldn't get hurt. And then he decided to move him to the 400 hurdles. And I said, hey, did you run the 800? And he said, yeah, 213. So if you can break 213 for the 800, you have a shot at the Jamaican national record in the 400 hurdles. I did not have an other Mo update. Well, I mean, John, do you?
1: No, I talked to USATF on the first day I got here. They told me she's in Budapest. As far as I know, that hasn't changed. But we will see tomorrow morning. She you know, i'm I assume I'm looking th- I can look through the start list. They're published. I assume she's in a heat. She's not in the first two. She's not in the third heat. She's not in the fourth heat. She's not in the fifth heat. She's not in the sixth heat. She must be in the seventh heat. Yes, she's in the seventh heat.
0: That seems suspicious to me that
1: always I feel like that always happens. like these people there's those question marks about they're always in like the last one. like Armsam was in well, oh was in like the fifth heat of seven or something tonight. but yeah, something are they just NBC probably go on the phone, they're like, build the maximum amount of drama into this peacock morning session. We want her in the last heat. We want to build build the drama to see if she's in there or not. I don't know. That's all conspiracy theory. I'm with you on that one, Robert.
0: People want our predictions. Speaking of predictions, I am winning the better running prediction. Oh, look
1: at this, Robert. In the in the heps group. One, two, three. Rojo jungle Weejo. Let's run.com. Kicking ass in the Ivy League picks deposit. It was an Ivy
0: League group. We're at the top of it now. I said I was winning, and not winning overall. I think I was ninth place out of thirteen hundred coming. Now that was before tonight. I got some things wrong tonight. My pre-race picks for the women's fifteen hundred were Faith Kipyegon, Stefan son and Hirit Meshesh.
1: Wait, has this counted? That we haven't counted the steeple yet. You picked Gama, you fool. I picked El Bacali, so I'm going to pick up some points in that one. Look, when there's a I'm guy with a to- kick and there's a guy without a kick. You pick the guy with the kick, all right? That's the oh. lesson tonight.
0: Okay, so you didn't pick Ingebrigtsen in the 1500. Yes, I did. So you pick the guy without the kick.
1: Have you been watching him this year? He's got the best kick on the circuit, like best last hundred. There's you know there's a difference in the acceleration, but uh, if he, only an idiot would watch his races this year and say Jakob can't kick.
0: By the way, I, I was running down to the mix zone to interview like somebody from the 400 open prelim, and then I saw Jake Whiteman like walking the concourse. So I just stood there as he talked to someone and said, excuse me, Jay, can I talk to you? And I interview, can you give me your breakdown of the men's 1500 meter final? He did a great job. It's up on YouTube. I'll try to link to it in the show notes. If not go to the let's run YouTube channel and check it out. But he basically said, Ingebrigts is going to be tough to beat. Like he seems better than he was last year. He's closing the races harder, but
1: he must've read the last run preview.
0: He was hoping that a Brit could do it. And actually I didn't quite write my biting guide one of my betting guides was going to say bet a hundred dollars on Kip Yagon to win. I think you'd win five or $10 and then put that on Josh Kerr, my 50 to one long shot. But my picks before the, before this thing were Yaka Binger Britson, Yared and Mo katir What I'd like. Wait, that was those are the
1: same picks I had. That isn't even fun. I know, but I, what- I just want to, I want to put it on the record right now. I think I said it the other day, but I'm going to repeat it. I had the same picks, one, two, three. Katir obviously didn't make the final. I'm putting Hawker into that third slot. I predicted it at the start of the year. I'm running back the prediction. My head doesn't believe it, but my heart does believe it. So Americans will go two, three behind Jakob Ingebricks, and that's your podium. Ingebricks and Nagus, Hawker for bronze.
0: Oh, Rose Runner says Nagus should center it and try to lead wire to wire. When Jacob tries to take the lead, surge and don't let him. That might, in that, if Nagus did that, it might prevent Jakob from winning it. And then a third it would definitely prevent himself from winning it. And then a third person will win it. That would mutually be mutually
1: assured destruction. Oh, and the men's fifty I've got to keep
0: going. I don't give a shit if I don't sleep. I just hope that I don't die in the flight home. Daniel Black, I feel like Jakob is racing differently this year just to prove he can win anyway, because he listens to the pod. Jakob, if you're listening tonight, well, you need to be sleeping. Make sure you sleep and
1: tomorrow. He needs to prove he can win anyway because he couldn't win the way he tried to win the World Championships last year. He has to get better at closing that lost 200. I don't know. Or else he'll get beat by, like, a, a big kicker who can run 329. I mean, it's, it's pretty hard, but...
0: Wait. Can we play the Josh Kirkwood?
1: Oh, that's right. Yes. The long-awaited... It took until the day before the men's 1500-meter final at Worlds, but we have a clip from fake Josh Kerr who called in to our voicemail line. We love these back, and... Seems like he was sounding pretty confident, Robert. You have no new voicemails. What, I don't understand this thing.
0: How do you do your voicemail? You got it somehow.
1: Oh, my God. I, I can play it through my computer if you want. But it, Does it
0: come to an email?
1: Yeah, we get emails on this thing. Robert, you never check your emails. You never check the voicemail. I don't understand how, how this thing even works. But, yeah. If you, can ramp, if you can vamp for about 20 seconds, I can pull up this voicemail.
0: I don't know why I didn't pick Kerr for a medal. I wish I had. Um, I'm looking for this voicemail so I can play it for you. But I want Ingebrigtsen to win. I'm on record saying I think he's going to win. But I think what would be even better for the website moving forward, Niels Delaros for the win. Certainly for a medal. Like, I was talking to men about this guy, and he's like, his savvy is so good in the races for someone that young. Like, when Federer first came on the scene, like no one can top that, and then it did. Nadal and Djokovic equaled it, topped it. Laros looks like the second coming of it, it It's 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 wild, but don't don't sleep on Josh Kerr. Three thirty the first race, three twenty nine the second race.
1: I cut this voicemail has disappeared from my inbox, so I, I don't know where to find it. it. I'm sorry, fake Josh Kerr. Yeah. I'm not the guy with the keys to the voicemail ca- castle here. So, this is. I hate to pass the buck, but I don't know what to tell you, man. All right.
0: Here it is. New voice message. There we go.
1: Now you're going to have to log into Basecamp. This is all behind the, behind the scenes things. Look, here's the thing, though. My head is telling me it's going to be Kerr or maybe even freaking Laros. I don't know, man. Because they've, you know. Kerr has run faster than Cole Hawker. He's run 329 this year. Mario Garcia Romo, I think, has looked as good as Cole Hawker in these prelims. Like, there are a bunch of guys who can medal. Anyone who's telling you they know the exact podium in this race is a liar. But, I don't know, Cole Hawker says his training's been going even better than it was before Tokyo. He's only six in Tokyo. I know Kerr beat him there, but I, I got to go. Weldon got his big pre prediction in our... Bold predictions episode back in January. I've got to nail at least one of mine because I said that that uh, Ingebrigtsen will break the world record, which he hasn't done. I don't remember what my third pick was, but kind of going with Hawker because I need him here. And everyone, if you've just signed up for the Sporters Club, you should be hoping it comes true because it means you'll get either a free month or a free year, whichever one you signed up for. All right, Robert. If you can't find this voicemail in the next ten seconds, I found it. End the podcast.
0: Hi, boys. It's your old pal here, the Fake Josh Kerr. Been a while. I've missed you boys. But you know, I've been busy. i got a big race tomorrow. Culmination of all my hard work. But I've been following your excellent, excellent podcast. Because as you know, the Fake Josh Kerr is also supporters club member. Fake Josh Kerr. So, just wanted to phone in, touch base. Say I'll see you guys tomorrow. And uh, Jonathan, remember, when you're singing along with me with the anthem, we have a king new. It's not a queen. Don't forget. All right, boys. We'll talk soon. Cheers.
1: Oh, Dan, Kip sank can medal too. I know. All these people in the comments, I'm sorry. We didn't give him quite as much love yesterday. I just feel like I know he was second in Silesia, but he was so far behind Jakob in that one. There wasn't some of the other really top guys, but he did look good in his prelim, as his semifinal as well. So he, he certainly could medal also. But it's going to be amazing. This one, I guess... It's weird because in the, men, the women's race, I was very confident that Kip Yegon was going to win, but wasn't as interested in the battle for the minor medals. This one, I'm also very confident Jakob could win. Not as confident as I was in Kip Yagon, but I'm also very, very interested to see the battle for the minor medals. Maybe that's because there's a couple of Americans in contention, but it should be sick.
0: Should be a great one. We'll talk about it tomorrow night. Good night.